0: Luke 2, 39. when Jesus and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew, and he became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom, After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of this. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they were back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found Jesus in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers. "'listening to them and asking them questions. "'Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. "'When his parents saw him, they were astonished, "'and his mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this? "'Your father and I have been seriously searching for you.' "'Why were you searching for me?' Jesus answered. "'Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house?' "'But they did not understand what he was saying.' And then he went down to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favour with God. and men.
1: Just before I actually share from this particular passage that Jessica has read for us, Can I just mention that on Thursday, the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day, we actually have a a luncheon at 11 o'clock here uh, with the speaker being Charlie Hale. And he's a a comedian with a life-changing message to bring. And so if you're available, you want to come to that, then that is at 11 o'clock on Thursday, this coming Thursday the other thing is that um, I need to mention on Easter Day, on Easter Sunday we will be having a baptismal service here and um, if you want to go through the back waters of baptism as a believer then um, <coughs> we're having a session on Wednesday evening this Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock and I invite you to come along to that if you are desiring to be baptised. Well, I begin by asking a question. And that question is, who has ever had a role model? Who has ever had a role model? I know when I was... Oh, there's a hand gone up at the back there. (laughs) Um, I know that when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, dare I say, um, if you're into football, you are impressed, or quite easily impressed, by players like Bobby Moore, George Best and Rodney Marsh. You have to bring the Blues in as well as the, as well as the Reds. <coughs> if you're into cricket, if your game is cricket, it would be players like Sir Gary Sober's, Or later, Beefy Botham, or Sir Ian, as he's now known. Um, They would have been eye on your list. (coughs) If you're into music, it could well have been the Beatles or Freddie Mercury. Such amazing talent! Such amazing talent! Well, it can be really good and there can be some really good aspects of having a role model. One being that you want to excel and in your mind anyway, get to the standard. The downside is that they are human beings with flaws and weaknesses and when these are exposed and they fall we can finish up in a mess ourselves. We can finish up clearly disappointed, let down and sometimes disillusioned. <coughs> As we look at this passage for a few moments that Jessica read for us, <coughs> Mary and Joseph were absolutely great role models. On a Sunday morning at the moment here at King's, we're looking. We've got a series in place looking at growing in the Christian life, looking at growth. And um, one aspect is us growing individually and us growing together as God's people. And as we consider Mary and Joseph and the young Jesus, it's quite clear that he grew up in a godly household. Jesus grew up in a godly household now there's no such things or there is no such a thing as perfect parents and you'll be glad to know that this morning Paul and Joanne there's no such thing as perfect parents however Mary and Joseph did an absolutely great job and they were pretty good role models for us all Mary followed all the instructions that were given to her by the angels and we tend to read these accounts every Christmas time. Mary and Joseph followed the Jewish culture and the customs and the law. Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. He was taken up to Jerusalem and presented to the Lord as a male and there was an, an offering made of two doves, it was required, or it was required of Jewish parents, to observe the three major festivals. And we see in this passage that Jessica read for us, that Mary and Joseph took the young Jesus to the Passover, when he was 12 years of age. Mary and Joseph were great role model parents. They followed all that the Lord required of them, all that the Lord asked of them. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic privilege to be a parent. And it brings so much joy and happiness into our lives. And I know that Matthew has already brought so much joy. <laughs> and happiness to, to you, Joanne and Paul, not to mention the doting grandma and grandparents. <laughs> However, with that fantastic privilege comes a massive, a massive responsibility. <coughs> a responsibility to love and to care, to discipline, and I'm going to be bold and say this, Discipline is a very unpopular word in this 21st century. However, if you read the Bible, the Bible has an awful lot to say about discipline. And discipline is important for a child. We have a responsibility to teach and to train our children, to be great examples to them, to be great role models. And as Christians, we have the great responsibility of sharing with them the wonder of an amazing God who loves us, who loves us, who loves us and sent Jesus to die on the cross for us to be our personal Lord and (coughs) Saviour. In this passage that we're looking at in Luke chapter 2, we read that the child Jesus grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And surely this is the desire of every parent. The child grew and became strong. Now it's lovely to see a child in the pram being pushed out. And Jessica said, I saw Joanne the other day walking the pram, walking with the pram, with obviously Matthew in the pram. And um, she was so taken up. She was so taken up. But you know, if a child is still in a pram in three or four years' time, we wouldn't be taken up we would have massive concerns. And we read in this passage that Jesus grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Now, scripture has very little to tell us about those early years of Jesus' life. But it does tell us that at the age of 12, he was taken to the Passover feast in Jerusalem. And I've titled this next section, Grave Concerns. And if you want to have a look at it when you get home, have a look in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 46. Grave Concerns, I've titled it. For we read that after the festival, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem but his parents were unaware. Now this immediately raises questions like what on earth were Mary and Joseph thinking about? In the first instance it would appear that there's a breakdown in communication. One could on the surface think that Mary and Joseph were totally irresponsible. Again on the surface it could appear that the boy Jesus at the age of 12 about to enter his teenage years was going through teenage rebellion. On the surface it could look like that and it it could appear to be bad behaviour on Jesus' part. We read that Mary and Joseph had been travelling a day before they realised that he was missing. Now the background here is this. that They were travelling for the festival, for the Passover, they were travelling from Nazareth to Jerusalem. And what often happened was, because it took the ladies... And the children, much longer to walk, they would set off first and then the men would follow later on at a later time. And the distance, I was working it out yesterday, and the distance between Nazareth and Jerusalem is 65 miles approximately. So that is a walk from here to Morecambe Bay. And that's what they did. Now one could only assume that because a day had passed Mary thought that Jesus was with Joseph and Joseph thought that Jesus was with Mary. And I've entitled this second thought Grave Concern for the following reasons. There would have been panic there would have been panic. There would have been sheer anxiety. Mary and Joseph would have been sick with worry. And the thought must have run through the mind that someone had taken the boy Jesus. They would have been beside themselves. I well remember, as going on holiday to Jersey one year, and uh, I've been kicking a ball around with the lads on the beach and turning my arm, doing a bit of bowling, and uh, feeling quite weary. And Jessica was on full length on the beach. It was a lovely, <laughs> it, was a, it was a lovely sunny, sunny afternoon, and um, <coughs> she's shaking her head, Miss Innocent, <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, I happened to close my eyes and obviously Jessica had got her eyes closed and um, (laughs) our David had disappeared and he'd only been gone for 20 minutes and we were out of our minds. So what must Mary and Joseph have been like on this occasion? We read in verse 47 that he he was in the temple. They actually found him three days later in the temple. And we read that all were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And in verse 52, the final verse in that chapter 2, we read that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. However, when Mary and Joseph found him, although they were relieved, they were understandably not best pleased with him. They could not understand his actions. And verse 48 sums it up so well. It sums up Mary's feeling. She says, son, why have you treated us like this? Why have you treated us like this? We have been anxiously searching for you. And Jesus' reply leaves them in more confusion. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? I had to be about my father's business. (coughs) I ask a question. What can we take from this passage for life in 2015? Of 2016. Clearly, we need to ask, who are we dealing with here? Who are we dealing with here? Well, we're not dealing with (coughs) a rebellious, difficult teenager. We are dealing with the Son of God who took upon himself our flesh and blood, who took upon himself our humanity, who took upon himself our limitations. He was there at creation with Father God, but he came as a child, he came as a baby in such humility and with great humanity. And whilst he was on earth, his sole intention was to please Father God. His sole intention was, whilst on earth was to be about his father's business, to be about the kingdom of God. And in two weeks' time we'll be celebrating once again the ultimate purpose of his coming and that was to die on the cross and to rise again from the dead. And the truth is this morning that when Jesus died on that cross he died for you and he died for me. When Jesus died on that cross, He took upon Himself your wrongdoing and my wrongdoing, your sin and my sin. Such is God's love for you and I this morning. But because we had gone our own way, there have become a terrific gulf between a holy God and a people who'd gone their own way and rebelled against a holy God. There was this massive gulf. But when Jesus came and he died on that cross and he died for you and me, as we come in repentance, then that gulf, and repentance means a turnaround by God's help and by God's strength, when we come in repentance and believe all that Jesus did for us on the cross, then that gulf is brought together. And the two become one. And we enter back into a relationship with the Holy God. And we have a life-changing experience with the Holy God. And we receive forgiveness of our sins and new life in him. Now, as I draw to a conclusion, I said right at the beginning of of this message that... um, we're in the middle of a series on growth and certain aspects, and we've been looking at certain aspects of growth in the Christian life. And in verse 52, as previously mentioned, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favour with God and man. Jesus grew in every area of his life. He grew spiritually, independence on his Father God. He grew mentally and intellectually and he grew physically. And as we start to conclude now, I believe that there are three keys to grow in the Christian life that Jesus gives us in this passage in Luke chapter 2. The first one is this. Jesus listened. Jesus listened. He listened to the teachers in the temple and he gained and grew in understanding. Most of all, yes, he grew physically, he grew mentally, but most of all, he grew in that relationship with his Father God that had been there from the creation of time. As a human being, he grew In that relationship and he grew in dependence on his father God (coughs) and if we are to grow in the Christian life it takes time it takes concentration it takes sacrifice but if we're to grow we need to hear the father's voice in our lives (coughs) secondly Jesus had a growing desire. He had a growing desire. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Jesus, above all else, had that desire to grow in his relationship with his father and to do exactly what his father was asking of him. And I just want to say to you this morning, as Christian believers, don't drift. Don't drift. Don't get stuck. But have that genuine desire to grow in the Christian life. Have that appetite for the things of God. Because I tell you with all my heart this morning that (coughs) Jesus is the one who totally and utterly satisfies us in life. So have that growing desire to grow and to walk with him. Seek him above all else. Seek him above all else. Psalm 42 As the deer pants for the water brooks so my soul pants for you, O God. I pray that is the prayer of each of our hearts this morning. To have that desire to to move on, to grow, because Jesus is the one who can fulfil us in life. And then finally, verse 51, Jesus was obedient. Tells us he went down to Nazareth and was obedient to them. He was obedient to Mary and to Joseph and he grew in wisdom. He grew in wisdom. And the all aspect of obedience is so important in our growth in the Christian life. First, we are to listen to what God is saying to us, and then when we believe we've heard, we are to act upon it. We are to act upon it were to then step out to exercise faith. A number of us (coughs) went down to Watford recently to a conference and the guy who was speaking was uh, of Greek origin, actually. or He was one of the guys who was speaking, a guy called Mike Pilavachi. And this is what he said at one point. God has a love language. And it's called obedience. It's called obedience. The greatest worship we can give is our obedience. Let us remember finally that obedience brings rich blessing. And as we obey the Lord, we will grow in our Christian walk. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that through your death on the cross, we can know forgiveness. We can know freedom from guilt. We can know the slate, white, totally clean in our lives, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done. We thank you that through the cross of Christ, there is forgiveness. And if you want to know that forgiveness and that new life this morning, I'm just going to pray a prayer and you pray it sincerely in your heart before God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross. Were your son, were you died for me? Taking on yourself My sin and my wrongdoing, taking the punishment that I deserved. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sin and for my wrongdoing. By your help and by your power, I just want my life turned around. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now to be my Lord and Saviour. By your power, I will serve you all my days. Lord, I thank you for the forgiveness and the restoration that is now mine through the cross and through the resurrection of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, your desire for each one of us as Christians is for us to grow, for us to listen to your voice, to have that continual desire to go on as Christians and to be obedient to you as you speak to us. Lord, by your power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, May we grow and may we be effective for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.